0: All righty everybody, good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast and Wiz. Week one is in the books, uh, you know as a fantasy owner you take a lay of the land and uh, see what you have and uh, you, know, you got to go through the injuries, everything that happened but a super exciting first weekend of football, glad to have it back. A uh, great finish to the week uh, yesterday with the with the game uh, between the Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. An exciting week of football. Wiz, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing well. The NFL started with a great game on Thursday and finished with another great game on Monday, and uh, there was some very good stuff uh, mixed in as well on uh, on Sunday. So. A lot of exciting stuff going on in
0: week one. Yeah, big win by the Raiders last night. Uh, Nice to see fans uh, packing into that stadium. That's a really, really cool stadium. I think that'll be the the case all season long. Uh, But, yeah, look, you know, a lot of things to kind of – kind of figure out and uh, you know we did not see a lot of players in the preseason starting players there are some teams that took it a little bit more seriously and you know one of those teams was the Denver Broncos and you know they came to New York yesterday across the country and and they really beat up on the Giants once again Daniel Jones with an inopportune uh, turnover but you know Teddy Bridgewater played played great Uh, that running game looked pretty good Melvin Gordon with the big touchdown run Uh, a tough injury with Jerry Judy going down we'll talk a little bit about about that in terms of how they're going to replace him. Uh, but nonetheless, the Broncos who took preseason very seriously uh, look to be a, you know, one of these teams that's going to be, uh, you know, look in the AFC, uh, that division is a tough division. All of those teams won in the AFC West. Uh, same thing for the NFC West, uh, you know, undefeated uh, so far in the season. But I was impressed with the do- uh, with, with Denver Broncos. Uh, like I said, they, they look great during the preseason and it carried very much into the opener.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the Broncos that if they can avoid the mistakes on offense and put up some points and kind of make other teams have to go down the field against them. They're going to be formidable. So, yeah, the AFC West, NFC West, 8-0 in, in week one. And, uh, the Broncos are going to be a formidable team. Uh, it's a shame about Jerry Judy, but we'll have another podcast a little bit, uh, later in the week regarding free agents. But, uh, there's a, there's a lot to like. And, um, you know, the, with the Broncos, and if their offense could put up points, uh, they could take anybody on.
0: Yeah, and points uh, points is something that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, don't have a problem putting up. Uh, an, another win in September for Patrick Mahomes. He's undefeated in the month of September. Uh, big game, uh, ended up running for a touchdown, thrown for three. Big game by Tyreek Hill. Of course, uh, Travis Kelsey again. Usual cast of characters. I, I thought this was more about the Browns for me. Once again, Noel Del Beckham Jr., they rely a little bit more on the tight ends in those Games still getting that good rushing attack from both Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt, but the Browns are forced to be reckoned with in the NFL. One of the better NFL teams. We talked a lot about their defense. I thought their defense held in pretty well in this ball game. They had an opportunity to win this game Uh, going into a hostile environment like Arrowhead Stadium. uh, I thought a terrific effort by the Browns and and something that Brown fans can hold their head high. Look, this game may end up determining home field advantage at at the end of the day, but the Browns are going to be there at the end of the year. Wiz, I feel really strong. Strongly about that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to feel good about if you're a Browns fan. Um, a lot of uncharacteristic things in that game. Nick Chubb had a had a fumble that kind of like changed the momentum. The punter dropping the ball. Patrick Mahomes <clears throat> making an incredible freakish throw to Tyreek Hill for that 75-yard touchdown. Odell Beckham not playing. But the one thing that kind of is a little disappointing to me. Uh, and I would be if, we, if I was a Browns fan as well, is it seems the Browns have not learned their lesson when their Chiefs get into the red zone about taking away Kelsey. It's like they run the same play over and over and over, and the Browns just do nothing to you know, adapt to it and uh, keep letting easy, easy touchdown passes from Mahomes to Kelsey. I mean, it gets to the point where... I think you have got to let somebody else catch a touchdown pass and not let it be him and, you know, whatever. I'd rather, if I'm a defense, double him and let somebody else on the field beat me than than Kelsey when they get down there. And it just seems that the Browns have not learned their lesson how to stop Kelsey or even to try and stop Kelsey when they get in the
0: red zone oh yeah I mean look I I don't disagree with you and you know you're speaking of tight ends watching that game last night 19 targets for Darren Waller I mean it was kind of overwhelming uh, to what we were seeing in that ball game is this something that can be continued all all, all year long Uh, I mean look you and I love Waller a lot Um, I felt that they actually needed to differentiate their, their pass catchers get guys like Renfro and Edwards and Ruggs more involved in this game it took a long time for that to be the case but if you're a A Waller owner at this point in time, you know, I mean, the amount of work and usage has to be extremely, extremely uh, positive for you as as a Darren Waller owner.
1: There's no question about that. There's real security about having Darren Waller on your team he just gets so much of the target share, and uh, that was a nice game uh, by the Raiders. Uh, It looked for a while there that the Ravens were just going to blow them out, but uh, their defense hung in there, and Derek Carr got it rolling, and uh, it was nice to see some of the supporting cast actually start getting involved in the offense. Hunter Renfro had some big catches. I don't think the stat line is going to show how important Hunter Renfro was in that game, but he was, and it was nice to see Edwards really get thrown to at the end of regulation and an overtime and almost had a walk-off touchdown there. Just to, his knee came down at the one-yard line. But it's good to see the others, if you will, the supporting cast, the Edwards, the Hunter Renfro's, the Kenyon Drake's give Darren Waller a little bit of supporting cast. And if that continues the Raiders' offense can put up some points, I think.
0: Yeah, and I know I know Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns, Wiz, but I just think this is going to be a year where, where Kenyon Drake is going to do a lot of damage. Uh, he's going to catch a ton of footballs. Uh, you know, I, I, you and I were talking earlier in the day, and, and you know, every time he turned around, Josh Jacobs was limping off the field. The only thing that saved his his production in this particular game were the two, were the two touchdown runs. But, uh, you know, I said I wasn't going to own that player this year. I'm happy I don't own that player. There's also injuries to that offensive line, which is already – this was a line that was kind of already trying to be reworked uh, to begin with, but they, they, they have injuries. Denzel Good uh, got hurt, tore his ACL, so he's going to be out for the year. But again, Kenyon Drake is going to really, I think, is going to eat into uh, Josh Jacobs' value this season a lot.
1: Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm concerned about his, you know, him staying on the field. Just seems every single run he's coming off the field. It's like the running back version of Julio Jones the last couple of years. Or so um, I think if you have Josh Jacobs, um, you need to get Kenyon Drake via trade or free agency because there's a, I just have a feeling he's going to miss some time at some point during the year.
0: And then just moving moving into the uh, AFC uh, South division, and I think you know there were pools going around and bets going around, prop bets going around that, that the Texans were going to be zero and seventeen. Trevor Lawrence coming in and and Urban Meyer coming in and and welcome to the NFL, boys, because uh, the Houston Texans whip your butt in the first game. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned Brandon Cooks. You hit on both of your prop bets there. Uh, Tyrod Taylor looked terrific. Uh, They got a running game uh, out out of Mark Ingram because I think in a lot of leagues, Mark Ingram was kind of, you know, kind of very last choice, quite frankly. Uh, maybe a potential tight end prospect and Farrow Brown, who who looked to be very good in this ball ballgame. Uh, but I was very impressed with what Houston did. You know, Welcome to the NFL, like I said, for Trevor Lawrence. Three picks, a, a very big ingredient. And good on David Cully and this team coming in. Uh, a team that was kind of mocked and made fun of this year, dealing with the Deshaun Watson stuff. But they completely annihilated the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see this week what the Texans do playing at Cleveland, a much better defense. So I'm kind of interested to see how that offense works. It was very surprising to see Ingram get 25 carries. That was that was incredible. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't surprising to me that Taylor and Cooks were going to have a good game, um, as I predicted, against that Jags secondary. Uh, look, it's going to take some growing pains here for the Jags. Uh, they have a lot of young players. I just don't know if they have a terrible, terrible year, if Urban Meyer is going to stick around for a two- or three-year plan. So we'll have to see how that goes. But, yeah, it was nice to see the Texans get a win. I'm really going to keep my eye on that game at Cleveland to see if they can continue to move the ball and score points against a much better defense.
0: And speaking of teams uh, trying to move the ball, but not with much results, uh, I I mean, kind of shocking start lines. And you called that Arizona Cardinal game. Uh, They absolutely blew the doors off of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Some interesting stats on that game, Wiz, because you know that we're dealing with a whole new offense here uh, in terms of offensive coordinators. They ran a ton less play action in this game uh, De- uh Dust- derrick henry did absolutely nothing they were blown out uh, it was a very difficult game for the titans uh, julio jones didn't look like anything and you know i don't know is this a little early to kind of express some concerns about what's going on in tennessee or are they just running into a buzzsaw here when it comes to the cardinals
1: Yeah, one game could be a fluke. We'll see if it becomes a trend. Uh, I saw the the most interesting thing I I saw was the post game press conference where Mike Rabel kind of really lit up Julio Jones and called the 15 yard penalty like a really stupid play Uh, instead of it being third and one, it ended up being third and 16. So he kind of lit up Julio. who the Texan, uh, to the Tennessee Titans really gave up a lot to get and to try and you know make them a, a team that could be competitive for the Super Bowl. So in that regard, it was a little bit of a disappointment. But uh, I'm not going to get too up or down based on one week of the NFL. But uh, the Titans have got to get that act going, and luckily, lucky for them, they are playing in a very, very soft division.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, let's see this week. Definitely a different situation. But this division could be interesting, right? Like a lot of people were looking at the Colts. The Colts didn't play particularly well this week either. Uh, Really not getting anything going against the Seahawks at home. Uh, Carson once to me showed like he had a lot of rust on him. It was Zach Pascal was the, the one guy that actually produced here offensively. Um, I, I'd say the one thing is was maybe it was because they were behind. I don't know, but it's something I'm going to w- watch closely. But Naheem Hines touched the ball a lot. It, it was something they talked about in preseason that they were going to look to get him the ball a little bit more, and, and, and Hines was definitely the beneficiary of that in this ball game.
1: Yeah, I think that, that was game script. I mean, they were trailing just about the entire game and. So that, that led to him being out there more often. But I, I just feel if you're owner of Jonathan Taylor, uh, no reason to panic. He himself had six catches, over 100 yards of offense. So uh, I, think, I think Hines can have standalone value as a flex play, but I would not be worried, and I'm not worried at all, somebody who has Jonathan Taylor uh, going forward. Uh, Nelson, and that offensive line are only going to get better and better as the season goes on.
0: And one team that you expressed or one player you expressed some concern about, I, I was kind of on board with you as well that we thought that Josh Allen was gonna be, you know, a little bit of a, a sub Sub performance this week, and and that was the case. Uh, certainly weren't weren't able to get their offense going at Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, TJ Watt was creating a lot of havoc there. The Steeler defense uh, with the with the special teams touchdown, and really only padding of his stat line late late in the game. Uh, surprising scratch by Zach Moss not being active in this game. I think that's something that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, Buffalo bu- Buffalo did not you know look. There was a lot of excitement coming into this game, full house and stuff, but. You know, Buffalo did not look right. Uh, Inaccurate Josh Allen in this particular game, and they paid the price for it, Wiz.
1: Yeah, you know, I have to say, I really nailed the DraftKings upper upper tier quarterback prices where my fade was Josh Allen and my play of the day was uh, Kyler Murray. And... Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I have to have a see to believe it year again from Josh Allen. Just, you know, accuracy was so difficult for him. So, uh, yeah, the Steelers hung in there and hung in there, and they won the game. A big special team's play to win the game. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the Bills have to become a little bit more, uh, you know, they've got to get the, the running game going, and they just can't be pass-happy every single game. So, uh, I think – until that point comes, I think the Bills are going to be susceptible in all of these games.
0: Uh, by the way, Wiz, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Najee Harris was on the field for 100% of the Pittsburgh Steelers' snaps in this ball game.
1: Yeah, I saw that, and um, the <laughs> yeah, the, the usage is just going to be tremendous for the player, and uh, I know the stat line didn't end up being great, but if you're a Najee Harris owner, you just have to love any time you feel you're in a situation that there's going to be so much volume, and uh, there'll be plenty of games where he scores, have has 100, 150 yards worth of offense, so the usage is going to be there and uh, that's something that we talked about as uh, the season was about to start
0: and uh, I want to stay uh, within the AFC East uh, big game between the uh, between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots uh, Mac Jones era start I thought Mac Jones play, played very very well in this particular ball game uh, I thought it was encouraging Wiz. Uh, by the way 12 personnel used very frequently by New England in this game so you're looking at both John U. Smith and and Hunter Henry on the field for 75% of the snaps. Um, I thought Miami played very well. Tua looked good. You talked about Jalen Waddell, tremendous ball game from him. Uh, I do want to get your opinion because you know I was pretty strong opinioned uh, about Damian Harris this year, coming into the year, uh, I was very encouraged early on, caught a couple of balls, 100-yard game, and then, unfortunately, that late fumble. And, you know, we know that Belichick gets a lot, a little bit weird when it comes to fumbling. Uh, his backup, Ramondre Harris, the rookie, Ramondre Stevenson, excuse me, the rookie, also fumbled in this ballgame. You know, again, before that fumble I was extremely, extremely encouraged by what I was seeing from Damian Harris and, and unfortunately then that happened. So I'm curious to get your views on that. I'm I'm saying, you know what, there's not a lot to, to, to rest your laurels on in this offense. I think I think Harris gets another crack at, at at doing what he was doing this past week, but obviously if it becomes a trend, that's a concerning situation
1: yeah you mentioned Belichick it's uh you know weird with this kind of thing and uh luckily for Harris is that Stevenson fumbled as well uh James White was good in the passing game I think he had six receptions uh but the the Harris fumble was a tough one because it was at the end of the game and they were inside the 10-yard line they were going to take the lead in that game for sure so with that being said I think they're back at the square one and uh We'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, if either guy fumbles or has a, a crucial turnover, uh, Belichick will just bench you. I mean, he's done that uh, over and over again. And you're never quite sure what he's going to do with the running game. But uh, it's a shame Mac Jones didn't get the win in that game. He played well enough to to, to get the win and should have got the win, uh, except for a couple of turnovers in that game. And speaking of turnovers, Tua. <laughs> had a brutal turnover in that game where he tried to make a hero play and didn't live to fight another day. And he did that at Alabama. And if he continues to do that, you bet the Dolphins are going to be calling up the Texans to try and get to Sean Watson because the, the Dolphins have a very, very good all-around team. One of the best rosters all in the NFL. Of all the teams in the NFL, they have one of the best rosters. And both, both sides, it,
0: is- both, both sides of the ball.
1: Both sides of the ball, they are one of the best rosters in the NFL, and and but Tua can't make the type of play where he handled and the ball off to New England and gave them a short field with that interception. Just throw the ball away and live the fight another day. Punted, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, the, 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 those teams to me are kind of like bunched up to me. I just feel like New England with Mac Jones is better. Miami is going to be better this year. And maybe Buffalo takes a little bit of a step back. So I think those three teams are going to be bunched and going to have some great games all year playing against each other.
0: You left the Jets out there, Wiz. What's the story?
1: Well, the Jets are going to have to improve <laughs> immensely to get in, in the area of those three teams. But, you know, look, anytime you have a rookie quarterback, your main running back's a rookie, your main receiver's a rookie, um this is what's going to happen. There's going to be some growing pains. Um, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff from Zach Wilson. Some bad decisions as well. Uh, Elijah Moore did not have his best game. But you know, this is this is what's going to happen when you send a young team out there. But unfortunately, the Jets lost. Probably, if he's not the most important player on the team, he's certainly second or third. Losing Becton for four to six weeks. It's just a crusher for the Jets, and um, this is really going to be difficult for them playing without Becton.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. I was listening to uh, an orthopedic surgeon on the NFL radio today was talking about that specific injury, which basically is the same exact injury that Patrick Mahomes had uh, there's one big difference. Uh, Beckton is about 100 pounds heavier than Mahomes. So the ability to get back from that injury for such a big guy, might it might be a little optimistic on that time frame. So we'll, we'll have to watch that situation, but uh, that, that's one thing that was pointed out about that particular injury. Um, With the the Ravens And, and you know I expressed some concern about the Ravens that was before the Gus Edwards injury before the Marcus Peters injury and they lose that game last night I'm just kind of curious. You think maybe some of of what I have to say is going to hold a little bit of relevance. I I thought it was very strange that what happened in the second half after Tyson Williams had such a good first half at running back. You hardly saw him in the second half. They actually allowed uh, Latavius Murray, who was just recently signed, uh, to touch the ball a little bit more frequently in the second half. Uh, but your, your your views on the Ravens, I, I expressed concern, too. I said this. I said this is not the same defensive unit, or, or, although Patrick Queen played extremely well in this ball game, But I think that secondary's beat up. Uh, no Jimmy Smith in this particular game. Like I said, Peter's out for the season. So I, I I got some concerns about the Ravens still uh, for this season. I'm going to stick to it. I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team in, in a very good AFC.
1: Yeah, that's the problem, right? The division is really good. Um, There are no easy games in that division. Even Cincinnati, obviously, with that offense, is is much better. And, you know, having difficulty with injuries in your secondary, going up against those three receivers for the Bengals is not going to be an easy game. That's, you know, been a game that the Ravens – two games that the Ravens didn't pass have been able to count on as wins. It may not be the case this year. So, yeah, I could see your point. Uh, The Ravens' offense, it's just complete helter-skelter. it looks fantastic. It looks terrible. It just is so much inconsistency. Uh, Tyson Williams was terrific in the first half, and then he missed that block on that last sack fumble play. Uh, not only did he miss the block, it was it was terrible effort. And I'm just really concerned that uh, we're going to be in a full-blown timeshare. And, right? I mean, we, if you have Tyson Williams on your team, you may end up in a full-blown timeshare with – uh, Latavius Murray, just one other note on the Ravens, they released Cannon, Cannon, the third running back, I think he had like nine or ten carries, I mean not nine or ten carries, he was, he was out there for a little bit and they released him, which leads me to believe in the next day or so you're going to see promotion of either or lavian Bell or Freeman promoted or maybe both of them to the 53-man roster over the next day or so.
0: Okay. That's a good point, Wiz. Good point. Uh, are you a little bit more relaxed after seeing uh, Joe Burrow, Wiz?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he he, he looked great. What a, what a call. I mean, I think he audibleized that play on that fourth and inches just play and uh, threw a beautiful pass to the tight end and Jamar Chase. You know, their receivers are just very, very solid. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling better about Joe Burrow and uh, – yeah, that that Bengals offense is going to put up points, and uh, you're going to have to match them to beat the Bengals. And uh, they are not a walkover uh, as they've been years in the past. That team could put points on the board on the board, and uh, Joe Mixon looked terrific as well.
0: You know, one team we haven't talked about in the AFC, and I'm I'm going to talk about about them from a defensive perspective. I, I felt one of the tougher matchups from a fantasy uh, st- uh, standpoint this week was the Chargers going into Washington playing against that tough defense and. I think I ended up being correctly. It was a little bit, little bit of a chess match. Uh, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick went down in this game. Uh, Herbert played well. Uh, Eckler w- was on the field. There was some question questions about that. Uh, Mike Williams a big day. Uh, Herbert, by the way, made some great throws. And, and Jared Cook was very involved in this offense uh, this week. But I, I want to talk more about the other side of the ball because the Charger defense. You know, th- this this could be a good defense in the NFL. And I think it's a defense that in a lot of leagues that I feel went undrafted. Uh, I was very impressed on how they played in the defensive side of the ball. Uh, But yeah, this, this, this was a tough game. Like I said, going, going cross country into Washington against this defense, but the young quarterback held his own. And I think the Chargers are going to make a little bit of noise in this division this year Wiz.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I could see, I could see how, you know, I could see how that could be. Um, as well, I mean, charges. The the, the charges got some key guys back on defense, and their offense, as we know, could roll. And boy, I'm just amazed um, with 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 Keenan Allen. Uh, just every single throw um, that he, you know, when every every time that they need a big play, he just throws it to Keenan Allen, and he's just unstoppable.
0: Yeah, unstoppable. I agree, and I think you. I think you'll be you'll be encouraged with some very strong fantasy results. You may not have gotten it this week from 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 Herbert, uh, but you'll you'll get very strong results from that player as the season moves on. All right, Wiz, oh, yeah. do you have uh, anything else to add on the AFC? I, that that about wraps it up from my uh, my end here. No,
1: that's a that's a wrap.
0: All right, so uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, a little recap of the AFC Week 1 action. Uh, We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing. Um, We're off to the NFC next, Wiz, and we'll speak shortly.
1: You got it.